Once again, to all of you, I'm so excited that you are here to join us for another wonderful episode of Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. And as you know, unless you're brand new, and I want to welcome you if you are brand new, I am Patty Stulen, and I am the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. Uh, today, we have another phenomenal guest with us, just like all of our guests. Uh, but the, the more I talk with these people, the more they inspire me, and uh, I am motivated by them, and this guest is no exception to that rule. Today's guest is Michelle Steiner. She lives with an invisible disability. She has articles published on The Mighty Nonverbal Learning Project, and she's going to have to help me with this word, discalculation. Hula blog, the Reluctant Spoonie, Calapena Collective, Imagine the World as One Magazine, and Word Gathering. She has had her photographs featured in Word Gathering and Independent and Work Ready. She works as a paraeducator in a school for students with disabilities. She lives in Pennsylvania with her husband and two cats. Michelle, welcome to the show. I am excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Patty. I certainly appreciate that. Okay, so I'm sure that I probably just murdered that one particular uh, <laughs> word. Can you please say it correctly and then briefly tell us, if there is briefly, uh, what, what that is, what it means? Sure. Well, there actually are two pronunciations for it. Some people call it dyscalculia and some people call it dyscalculia. Okay. And what that is, is that is a math learning disability uh, oh. where I struggle with uh, numbers. Wow. Okay. And now the other one, what is in, what is the Calapena Collective? What is that? That was a literary magazine that I was published in a few years ago. Oh, well, that's really cool. Well, um, I know that in our brief um, call that we had a, a mm -hmm. week or so ago, uh, I, I was just so compelled by your story on many levels that I, I knew right away as you were sharing it, that it was definitely a story that I wanted shared on here. Because as people know, it's uh, it's more uh, more than just discovering or rediscovering your passion and purpose. It's about hitting those challenges and those obstacles in our way and mm -hmm. not letting them keep us down. And your your life story is is one of those that I, I want people to hear. Uh, you know, when we have those bad days and think, oh, why me? You know, we're able to hear people's stories like yours. It's like, well, why not me? You know, I'm doing pretty darn good. So with that said, Michelle, could you please you know, tell us about your story, you know, where, where it all began and what led you to become a, a paraeducator now. My story began whenever I was diagnosed with having a learning disability in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I was around five or six years old. But when we look back on my story, I struggled when I was in preschool, but they didn't have a lot of the resources that we have today with our early intervention services and uh, preschool for uh, children with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So whenever my nursery school teacher said, okay, I think we need to hold her back for a year. I don't think that would have done a whole lot of good, but my parents, I was their first child. So they sent me to kindergarten. 
And I struggled socially and academically. I can remember in the classroom, they would give me a, a dot to dot page. And mm. I thought, oh, I did this perfect. And I would get it back and they'd be like, no, this isn't correct. And I couldn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. I struggled with tying my shoes. Uh, I hand coordination was another big thing that I really struggled with. And the teacher suggested to my parents that I get tested for one. And if, sure enough, I have a learning disability. Mm -hmm. And when I was a child, we didn't diagnose. Um, a lot of my disabilities weren't diagnosed or it was more of an umbrella term. They didn't use dyscalculia. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have limited hand dexterity that wasn't diagnosed till I was an adult. And I had visual perception uh, difficulties as well. Mm -hmm. And it was decided that I needed to repeat kindergarten. And uh, the following year, I had kindergarten in a new school in our district. It was still a public school with uh, ch uh, children that had disabilities and those who did who did not. And I spent my mornings in learning support. And uh, we worked on reading and writing and uh, hand coordination. And we attempted to do math, but we never got too far with that. Mm -hmm. I also had speech services because I had difficulty with how I was pronouncing some words because my ears were clogged very much whenever I was a young child. And I had tubes uh, in them. So okay. that service ended by the time I was out of fifth grade. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, school was still really hard for me. I can remember being really frustrated as a child. I wanted to learn like my peers learned. I wanted to uh, be accepted by them. And even that was really difficult too. Part of it was I was an only child for that many years and I was used to being around adults. Mm -hmm. And another part of it was I, my disability really made me stand out. Mm. I went to, in a negative way, I went to a school that was very small, conservative school district that mm -hmm. didn't value differences. In fact, they feared them and having mine made me different and they didn't really accept people that they didn't think were uh, part of them. Right. So, yeah. So that was really hard from a young age. Mm -hmm. And eventually though, school got a little easier for me. I was, we found out that I was good with reading and I was good with writing. So I could be in regular ed reading and uh, I still had the specialty services and uh, regular ed social studies and science and I had accommodations such as having the test read aloud to me and having extra time on tests that was also one of my accommodations mm -hmm. and as I got older school got a lot easier for me academically I was in all regular ed classes except for math and a resource room and socially, it got a lot harder for me. When I was a young child, it was, okay, you weren't invited to somebody's birthday party, or I didn't want to play with you on the playground, or you're not my friend. But as I went through middle school and high school, the peer group started to become more defined. And I right. just really struggled with trying to find a, a group to fit into. And can, thank you, Michelle. Can I back up just just sure. for a second here, just just from being a retired teacher myself? When you had mentioned about how you were, you had worked your way into the the regular classes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's because of a lot of hard work 
that you were doing because that just doesn't happen on its own unless right. you are willing to do the work. So I don't, I don't want that just to be glossed over that right. it was, that it was, it was because of the support you were getting. Yes. But you yes. still had to do the work in order to earn your way into the regular ed classes. Oh, of course. My parents, they spent a lot of long, sometimes tearful sessions of homework sessions with me and they didn't yeah. give up on me and they advocated for me. And it was a lot of the work. And I think it was th that desire to, and, and my parents pushing me to do the best I could do with having a disability. Right. They didn't that expect perfect grades, but they could see a lot of potential that I had. And mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was a lot of hard work and having that hard work and that accountability really served me well later in life. When I went, sure. to, yeah, when I went to college, I knew how to, it was difficult, but I knew how to handle having uh, multiple classes that wanted uh, papers and assignments that were mm -hmm. uh, due. And I knew people that went through uh, the system that didn't make it out to regular ed classes. And when they tried to go to college, it was overwhelming for them and they couldn't handle it. So sure. Yeah. But, but as you were starting to say, uh, so academically, yes, you're, you're, you're starting to thrive mm -hmm. socially though. That's a completely different story. D definitely. That is where it was really hard. I knew how to deal with adults in the classroom. I knew how to ask for help and support. And I had my parents advocating for me with that, but socially that's where it was really difficult. I, can just remember not really feeling like I fit in with my peers. I would be in learning support. And most of my other peers, they struggle with reading and some behavior issues because uh, sadly, some of them came from some rough family backgrounds. And there was a lot of trauma that, that came about with that. And we didn't know as much about that as we do now. Right. So uh, I didn't really feel like I fit in with them. And then with my regular ed peers, they viewed me as, well, you're one of the ones that are in the, <laughs> the learning support room. So you're not smart. And so it was really hard. But what really helped me was I found a group outside of my peers that I went to school with. It was in a neighboring school district in a, a town that was close by. And it had an art program. And I can remember I was on a newsletter team and I think we did drama for some other things as well. And I was hanging out with peers my own age that didn't know me, didn't go to school with me for 12 years. And I was able to shed a lot of that reputation that I had from that I had from that young child and they accepted me. And when I told them about having a learning disability, some of them had disabilities themselves or knew somebody. And that made it a lot easier when I did have to go to school with my peers and some of them weren't uh, the most accepting or nice. That that made the difference because I knew what it was like to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And I also, that also gave me the courage to look for other groups outside of uh, my high school community. I can remember I went into a writing group uh, with adults that were just a few years older than I was and they accepted me and we're still friends 20 some years later and oh, we wow. have, still have a writing group that we go to. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so if I remember correctly, when we were talking originally, mm-hmm. you, you had your sights set on going to college, but you had a lot of people of like what I call that were yucking your wow. Uh, they were really, <laughs> they, they did not believe that was going to be a possibility for you. Could you, could you please share that, that part of your journey? Sure. I can remember I definitely wanted to go to college, but I was, I had my doubts as well. But I knew that that was going to be something that I wanted to do. And I had a learning support teacher, uh, I believe when I was in 10th or 11th grade that said, well, I don't know if you want, I know you want to go to college, but I don't think you can do it because of the math. Um, She said, why don't we send you to uh, a vocational school? And that would have been fine, but nothing there really interested me. I know I didn't want to do... uh, hair. I know I didn't want to do, uh, you know, health and safety or plumbing or any of those things that were great jobs, just not didn't have the interest for. And I can remember that I got involved with office for vocational rehabilitation. And they uh, said, okay, well, college, that, that could be something we could work with. They suggested a community college because I didn't have SATs. And I decided that's what I was going to do. And I had a wonderful student teacher, though, that rec- that definitely made a difference. She told me I could go to college because I knew how to study and she saw all that potential in me. And sometimes that was the voice I heard when I went to college. Mm-hmm. I also had a psychiatrist because I had to get evaluated before college to get the disability accommodations. And the psychiatrist that I, uh, who evaluated me, put on my report, most likely won't go beyond a community college. Mm. And that was really defeating to hear that. I was already nervous and didn't know, uh, very doubtful of what was going to happen. And and then once I got to college, I had an advisor that told me, well, you're gonna have limited job choices because of your math disability. And even with using the disability accommodations, I had peers that said, Oh, that's that that's an unfair advantage, or you're getting the answers. And I didn't want to be in that category. So I didn't use disability accommodations. And that was wow. not a smart move on my part. No. <laughs> I my grades dropped. And finally I was in a class I was really struggling with. And I was telling the professor about having a disability. And she said, Why don't we at least get you extended test time? And I was able to do that. I was able to pass her class, didn't do well, but I was able to pass. Passed. <laughs> yeah, I passed. And <laughs> we did use the um, Office for Students with Disabilities to, to get some services. And I was able to graduate and I moved out on my own. I was able, which was great because uh, they also found out I had visual perception issues uh, that were going to make driving not possible for me or wouldn't be a safe alter, a safe way for me to do mm-hmm. that for me and for other people. And it's in my brain, not in my eyes, but I lived in a central location. So I was able to walk places and take the bus. I had a lot of temp jobs that I worked at and I loved it, but I always wanted more for myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Whenever a few years passed and my job was downsizing and I, for financial reasons, I had to move back in with my mom and dad. I thought this is the time to just give uh, going back to university a try. I found a program that had the least amount of math and science possible. (laughs) And most importantly, 
it had a program that really interested me and had disability accommodations. And mm. I thought this is the time to go. I wasn't working like I did when I was a community college or when I was out on my own. So I had all that time to devote to studying and advocating for myself and focusing on my classes. And it made all the difference. I used the accommodations of having extended test time and a note taker. And most of my professors were so understanding when I told them that I had a disability. Um, mm -hmm. Might have one or two that didn't quite get it. And there still was the stigma with some of my classmates that using these accommodations were unfair. But I had to learn to ignore those voices and yes. to just, yeah, move forward. And I was able and, to- And that was, that was their hang up. That shouldn't have been your hang up. That was their, yeah. their issue. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was theirs. And yes. I just had to do what I knew um, I, I had to do. And mm -hmm. it, yeah, and it was useless to start a- conversation with them with somebody right. that was thinking that that was what they thought yes but I was able to graduate with the bachelor's degree despite being told that's not something I could do that's and awesome it totally changed my outlook on life before that I was really negative uh, about myself and just about life in general and uh, it's, it's different for everybody. Uh, but this is what I needed to do to be a happy, positive person that felt like I can go out and make a difference. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things I definitely wanted to do with my degree was to be able to make a difference. I had a few jobs that really didn't work out that wonderful, but, and it took a while to find the job that I have now. Which well, is first off, what, what did you get your degree in? What was your oh. major? Yes, community programming for Americans with disabilities. Oh. And they call it a transition specialist now. Okay. But it is the service end of working with people with disabilities. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. And yeah. Go ahead. And, yeah. And I knew that I wanted to help people. Definitely that was something. And it, it was a while before... I was able to uh, fulfill what I what the vision was. It took me a while to get what exactly that was going to look like and what was the right thing for me. And one of the first things is I, I went back to working a, in a school as a teacher's aide, and I really loved doing that. And I've been with my job for about 12 years, and I get that chance to go in and work with students that have disabilities. And I get to tell them it's okay to have a disability because a lot of times I'll hear, I hate my learning disability. I wish I didn't have an IEP. And I get to explain to them, it's not a bad thing to have a disability. And this is how we advocate for ourselves. And I even get to explain why they have an, an individual education plan. It's, it's there to help you. It's there to give you those tools to be successful with having your disability. And another key part is another lifelong dream was writing. I always knew that I wanted to be a writer. And I had a friend that told me, you know, you really should write about having a learning disability. And I said, I don't know. That's that's really personal. I think I'll, I don't want to talk about that. And I think I wrote some bad poetry and some other really cringeworthy things that I wouldn't want to read today. <laughs> but when I wrote that first article about my struggle with having limited hand dexterity, and opening mm. up locks, that was something that was just so healing for me. I found more people that wanted to connect with me uh, mm. 
than wanting to run away. And I started my own blog called Michelle's Mission a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I write about life with a learning disability. I also have my photography on there as well. That was another uh, unexpected thing that I didn't think I was very good at, but it came along with, with uh, encouragement. With your photography, do you, uh, what, what do you mainly shoot at? Do you, uh, is it nature or just everyday things or, or what do you like to take pictures of? I like to take pictures of nature. I like, especially flowers and butterflies. That's okay. something I love, but especially flowers. Uh, people awesome. will say, I bring out details and flowers that other people may miss. Mm-hmm. And they also get the opportunity with not being able to drive to see things that other people uh, might have missed because I get to sit in the passenger seat rather than the driver's seat. So right. I'll be in the car with my husband and I'll say, did you see this? And he'll say, no, I'm focusing on the road. Now he is getting better at this because he listens to enough of these interviews to think, oh, I better pay more attention. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I get that chance to go and see something. And then later, if I'm on a walk, I get a chance to take that picture. Right. And that's something if I was driving, I wouldn't have that opportunity. And I get to post them and I have my artwork for sale online. And I even have a disability forum where people with disabilities can connect with each other. Wow. Um, going back to you being a paraeducator, did, mm-hmm. did you find or do you find that um, you think back to the 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 people that helped you as you were growing Mm -hmm. up and, and take those parts that you liked about them and the parts that you didn't like about them to create your own style of working with your own students. Yes, I definitely try to do that. I try to be the encouraging one that does encourage a student that can, uh, what, what they can do. Cause a lot of times we'll get students that might say, oh, I want to be a veterinarian. And it can't be really, I mean, we understand that that is a very rigorous program to go through, Mm -hmm. but I try not to be the one that's saying, well, you can't do it. I might say, well, it is a lot of math. It might be a lot of things, but what about doing a vet tech job? Would you consider that? And But I always just say it's a backup plan for something else. I try not to be the person that says, well, you're never going to be able to do that because I don't know what their future does hold. They might be able to, and they might find that I don't want to go to school for that many years, or there's another great alternative to to that as well. Well, and it's just like you, you shared already the fact that these people were yucking your wows and, yeah. and, and they, they were there, they were killing your, your dreams of mm-hmm. what you, you wanted for yourself and that make, you know, bringing out the negativity in you and, right. and just being very, very hurtful that I would think for sure you would not want to do do that to your own students like it was done to you. Because I think that is one of the biggest disservices, even from a reality standpoint, if we know there is no way they're going to be the president of the United States or whatever the case may be. Right. I don't think it's up to somebody else to, to squash their, their dream, you know? Right. As a kid, you want them to to imagine anything that they want and, and nurture that as much as possible within reality, but don't just kill it. No, and offer alternatives. For example, whenever I was, one of the things I knew that I wanted to work in a school, but I knew being a certified teacher wouldn't be a wise choice for me with my Mm -hmm. test taking. So Mm -hmm. I studied early childhood. I went in to study um, the 
community programming for Americans with disabilities. And the most amazing thing I did find was there was a lot of students when I was at university, when I got my bachelor's degree that were in that program that were uh, originally started out thinking, I'm going to be a teacher, but they couldn't pass the praxis. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was uh, rather than sending somebody out with an elementary degree that they couldn't use, a lot of the their advisors would say, hey, would you consider maybe doing this program where you can still work with people who have disabilities, still make a difference, still be in a school or another agency? And that's where we got a lot of people. And I knew people that couldn't pass that. They were smart, intelligent, wow, wonderful people. They just couldn't pass that test. And right. I, I think it's if you're not able to do what you originally want to do, there is definitely other alternatives that are very close to a lot of things. And we can do that with, with very many things. Right. Well, and, and just your proof positive that here you mm -hmm. were being told you would never be able to go to college. Yeah. And, and you not only went to college, but you graduated and got a degree. And yeah. if deep down inside, if you would have listened to them, you would not have had the persistence and the tenacity to go for that and prove otherwise. Yes, you had right. to do your your path was a little different, but mm -hmm. you still made it happen. Yes, exactly. Right. And I think for, for me, that was a better option because I became a more happier, positive person. I had a, a different worldview and I can be that encouragement to my students that I work with. And I, I don't get the, I don't tell them, oh, you can't do it. I couldn't do it because I had a disability and, you know, be mm -hmm. grouchy and, you know, just trying to <laughs> uh, discourage them. I can be an encouragement for them. And mm -hmm. I think it was definitely worth it for me. Well, and I would think that it it also creates a very unique bond with your students mm -hmm. because you've been there, done that, and yeah. they they realize that. It's it's not just, you know, well, what do you know? You know, you you've not gone through this. Well, yes, I have. Yeah, exactly. I can remember uh I had a student before it said uh you don't know what it's like to have everybody hate you at school. I'm like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I know what that's like. And I got a chance to share a lot of my story with that student. And sometimes that creates a bond, too, because they know where you're coming from. And they also I think it's also important that we tell a lot of our students that we're on their side. We're not here to be against them. We're here to help them and, and to be successful adults. Right. Um, so it is, is uh, the passion that you have for helping people, it, it was it, has it always been something that's been a part of you or did, did that grow out of, you know, as you got older or, or, or where did that come from? I think I always had a passion for helping other people. My parents always instilled in me uh, helping out others in my own family and also just with working with other people. I, I just knew that I, I liked doing that. That's something I like to do. I I worked in a child care center whenever I was a teenager. I babysat for my little brother and just uh, I can remember I was in a club where we did community service projects when I was in school. And I just love going in and working with elderly people and working with young children. And that just was something that I really enjoyed doing. I 
couldn't imagine uh, myself, not saying I'm better than anybody, but I couldn't imagine doing like some of the jobs that they wanted me to maybe consider doing like retail or stocking shelves. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. those are important jobs, mm-hmm. but that's just not something that gives you a lot of things with working with people. And I just knew that I wanted to go in and help others and uh, work with other people. So for, for, I know you were mentioning earlier that, um, uh, when you were younger, there there wasn't a lot of um, there wasn't a lot of research or detection of of certain disabilities. Right. And and as we know, with science and technology improving all the time and advancing the way that it is, now there's a lot of adults that are finding out that either they're on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. or they 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 themselves have ADHD and they never knew that or a right. variety of other things. Um, for those adults out there that are listening right now to this podcast, are there resources and people or places where they can reach out to be able to still, as an adult, get assistance? Because I know in our schools, we, we for the most part, we do a very good job of helping school right. kids. But is that the case for adults as well? If adults want to get help, they can reach out to OVR. I Office for Vocational Rehabilitation, uh, that might be a good first start. Uh, some of the things they might offer might be limited, but it's, it's a good first start because if you go in, you'll uh, have a meeting with them, you'll schedule an appointment, and then they'll go, they'll take it from there uh, based upon where the direction they want to go with testing. And I'll, I know that whenever I've come in, uh, when I needed, I thought, well, I might want to go back to grad school, or I want to go and do this. I had to get the accommodations and they provided uh, all their testing is for free uh, with uh, the psych, the psych evaluation was free um, and anything else that they approve their vendors with that's, that's a good place to start because they can determine whether you do have a disability and what the plan might be, whether that's to go back to school or is it to find a job or is it to maybe have another kind of goal uh, to work around with having a disability? And I think that's just a, a good starting point for that. Mm-hmm. And d- just to see. Great. Well, that's that's an excellent resource to know mm-hmm. about, uh, because I know that a lot of these people, they, they don't understand why they either can't keep a job or right. they just don't want they find out they just don't want to go anymore. And it's because they have discovered they have a particular something that's just not working for them. And I'm sure that they're probably getting frustrated <laughs> and down. So whatever, you know, whatever resources they can get. I mean, I know they would appreciate those. So thank you so much for that. So so out of everything that you've experienced and and every every part of your life, has there been one particular person or uh, something that is given that someone that has given you the very best advice that you were ever given? I think the very best advice that I was ever given was from my dad. And he always was the one that encouraged me that uh, to go forward with my dreams and to, to do what makes me happy. And he also told me sometimes you might, uh, not be your original plan might not work out and but you'll have success it just might come in a different package than you expected a pretty wise guy i'd say Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so right so right now where you are in your life what what are the things that you are still looking at wanting to accomplish or do or 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 what is it you still you still want to tackle and 
and climb that mountain? What What is that? <laughs> well, one of the things I am trying to do is I would like to write a book on my life or more books about dyscalculia because there's just so much that's not, um, people aren't aware of. A lot of people no. think that, uh, Oh, you have dyscalculia. Does that mean that you see numbers backwards? I'm like, no, that, that's so not it has nothing to do with dyslexia. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think most people have heard of dyslexia, but they haven't right. heard of what you have. Exactly. And I also want to do maybe even some children's books for kids that with, with learning disabilities, because I, I think that they need to have that representation. Because I can remember when I was in school, I didn't know anybody else that struggled with numbers. It was everybody struggled with reading. And I just felt like, oh, I didn't have anyone that I could really identify with. So that's mm -hmm. definitely writing and also increasing my blog and photography. That That's definitely uh, something that I'd like to do as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, I, I don't doubt for a second that you're not going to accomplish all of those things mm -hmm. and even more. Um, at this point in time in your life, what would you say that you are most passionate about personally and professionally? I think one of the most things I'm really passionate about is helping others. That mm -hmm. is something that I, I really love to do. I love to, I find it so rewarding to go to work and uh, get a chance to read a test to a student. That's what somebody did for me so many years ago and made the difference. And I love being able to do that on my blog too, with just explaining to people uh, what learning disabilities are and, and how we advocate for ourselves. And I just love being able to help people uh, with disabilities in whatever way I can. Wonderful. And what about your purse, your purpose, personally and professionally? Where are you right now with that? I think with my purpose, it's definitely to look for those opportunities to be able to help and do what uh, God has put, put before me in my life to do. Awesome. And what would you say is your superpower? I think one of my superpowers is advocacy. I'm really good at going in and telling other people uh, what I struggle with and what my needs are. So you're an advocate for yourself and which is, uh, I mean, that is a yeah. really great point because if we don't advocate for ourselves, whether you have a disability or not, you cannot expect others to advocate for you. Right. And especially because people can't see my disability mm -hmm. and they don't know what my needs are. So I have to be really good at, at explaining that to other people in a nice, respectful way. Yes. Yes. So um, how would you say that you're living your best life or as I like to say, living your best dash? I think I'm living my best life with being able to help other people that, that have learning disabilities with being able to accomplish the goals that I set out for myself and focusing on what I can do rather than what I can't do. If I dwell on the fact that I can't drive or I can't do math, that doesn't, that just brings me down. But if I go and I look at the things that I can do and, and that are positive, that brings me a lot of happiness. Wonderful. Uh, you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our audience? I would just love to tell people that have disabilities or don't just to be able to know what they want and to be able to find a way to be able to do them. Wonderful. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, could you please tell people how they would be able to connect with you? Because I know there's going to be some people that will <laughs> want to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more on all of this. <laughs> sure. I'm at michellesmission.net. Uh, that's my blog. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn as well. 
Great. And for those of you that uh, have been joining me uh, regularly, you know that in the description, both on YouTube and on one of the podcast platforms, you're going to be able to go to the description and see those links that Michelle just talked about and go to the link, touch on it, and you're going to have direct access to Michelle. Uh, once again, Michelle, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to meet with me today and to be able to share your important message with everyone that's listening today. Thank you very, very much. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And for you out there listening, remember to subscribe and follow this podcast, invite your family and friends. And uh, if you're getting things out of it, I don't mind you at all uh, putting down a five-star review uh, and, and just leaving some comments. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can go to my website at www pathwayswithpatty.org and you can sign up for a free uh, Zoom chat with me and we can talk about that or something else that you might want to talk about. And you can also get my Pathway to a New Beginning Roadmap. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you so much for joining us today and may God bless you all.